Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Or afternoon or evening or wherever your time is that you're listening to this. We're happy that you're listening to us. We're uh, Bill and uh, Travis. Coming Except from we said that backwards. <laughs> like we introed each other. That's uh, fun. Lone Star State Cigar here in Allen, Texas. And this is our podcast, Known Legacy. Yeah. Um, real quick, the details, you know it. Um, go to knownlegacy.org and uh, get all the resources you can about parenting, dadhood, marriage, all that good stuff. I know one of the books that you're big on that, that you highlight on that website is uh, Wild at Heart. Yes, yes. And I know it's a good book, and so I encourage you to go there. Yeah. And as always, info at knownlegacy.org is the way you want to get a hold of us. Yes. Email us your questions, thoughts, comments. And uh, if, if you feel exceptionally mean, um, just don't write in all caps. Yeah. Just express your feelings of, of meanness just in normal sentence structure <laughs> with one exclamation point, not all caps. Not all caps. I don't need you yelling at me through email, all right? I feel like some people do forget about it and they just have it on there <laughs> by accident, like they double hit the, and they're like, I don't know how to take it off, but then I can see it better. Right. Because they're like, they're like, I can actually see what I'm saying now. And I'm like, it always sounds like they're yelling at you in, in text. And they're just, yeah. And they're just how too lazy. How is your lazy. day? <laughs> Pick up bacon tonight. It's like, Jeez. what? Slow down, like, woman. Stop. Don't be so mad at me. I can't believe this. So today is my favorite kind of days. It's finally fall, which is awesome. And True. It's raining. It is. And it's 60-something. Yeah, and I've got hot coffee. Nice. With cinnamon. With cinnamon. Not pumpkin spice, just cinnamon. Never, never, never. <laughs> Speaking of pumpkin spice. Yeah. I miss cider donuts. And I know we've talked about it before, but I'm going to do a plea to all those listening. Is, is, this, is this you and I begging right now? Are oh, we absolutely. Uh, hands down. Okay. Uh, this is a ministry support opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to send us. That's church talk for begging, by yes, the way. <laughs> if you'd like to send us some apple cider donuts. Right. We would be more than happy. Send us an email to info at known legacy, and I will be more than happy to share my address with you. So here's what we need you to do. Overnight them to us on a Tuesday. Or even a Monday, so we have them. And we can do some taste testing. Oh, that'd Here, be awesome. Here, live on the podcast, yeah. have a few different options. You know, I'll pick one up from Walmart and, uh, you know. <laughs> Just so we can have a base. That's like the same thing as saying, you know, I think Bill, Bill Murray said it one thing. He said, he said in the Olympics, he said they should always have someone who doesn't know the race <laughs> so that we can get a, like, kind of like, like an actual barometer of what it looks like. Like some like some guy running with, with like the sprinters and he's like way back. He was at four minutes. He's got the backpack defibrillator on just because you know he's going to like have a heart attack somewhere along there. So the Walmart donuts will be like our baseline. Yeah, like host. Hostess oh, pumpkin spice apple cider vinegar donuts. I cannot do pumpkin spice. It's just been over the done. So, you know, we talked about that last week. I know. And uh, I come home and uh, my wife does all the grocery shopping. She's amazing. Like, she, she's one of those girls that she's not like an extreme couponer, mm -hmm. but she, she knows how to save money. Yeah. And inevitably, she'll come home and I'll just say, how much do you save? She goes, well, it says $76, $80, $40. I'm like, that's amazing. That's a lot of money. Like, I feel like I should give her that money. But you do with but your I, heart. But I do with my heart. You just Correct. give her. Here's $76 <laughs> of my heart to you. Welcome. You're welcome. 
Oh man. So I love I love the fall because my kids are well my daughter loves hot chocolate. Right. So a lot of times I'll make hot chocolate, but then it gets me like all like when she was a kid and we'd make hot chocolate and we'd reread kids books together and made me think about kids oh, books. Oh yeah. You know, and like you'd sit down and you'd snuggle cuz she's like you want to can we uh, you want to snuggle? I'm like, "Yep." Got definitely got time for that. Right. And I would I'm like the best hot chocolate maker in the world, so I would only use milk. And then I would use like a good Do you do stovetop? Or do you nuke Okay, it? I'm not the best. Do you nuke it? <laughs> I, I nuke it. So I'm not the best, but I am the best in my family. So uh, probably because so, my wife just doesn't want to make it. And she's like, no, you're the best at making it. <laughs> so do you relive like every time Polar Express hot chocolate song? Do you think they're singing to you? I do. I do. And I wish I could do that table thing with the tablecloth and it's, it not be there. Yeah. It's that, Bill. It's never happened. Bill's anthem. Hot, 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 hot chocolate. We, we took one of those one time in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, I bet that was windy. It was the most <laughs> disappointing <laughs> North Pole we've ever seen. There were like four lights and some guy that dressed like Santa Claus. And he wasn't even fat. He was like, hey, guys, how you doing? And we're like, that's the North Pole. It's the most disappointing North Pole in the world. He's wearing overall boots. It's like, what in the world? <laughs> overall put on the red, red jacket right Dumb as you waiters guys in a fishing net. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, if, you, if you don't know anything about Lubbock, Texas, um, there's one truth about Lubbock that you need to fully understand. What's it that? is flatter than any other place in America. It yeah. is just flat. L- literally, you can go up on an overpass and see for 20, 30 miles. Yeah, our buddy Melvin used to, oh, Melvin Adams used to say, you can watch and your dog thing, run away for hold, two weeks. Hold on. The other thing about Lubbock is it's the only place you'll find a nam- man named Melvin. Melvin? Isn't that his name? Melvin Adams, yeah, he's not from Lubbock. Oh, but but he used to he used to say in Midland that you could watch your dog run away for like two weeks. Yeah, because it's so flat, and so it's that that like it's just scary. Anyways, we're way <laughs> off. We're way off. So anyway, so kid books, kid books. So is, we, is there a Christmas book that you and your family read like every Christmas that kind of ushers in Christmas season? I mean, we would read some different books. We have read in the past. We've read like the Candy Cane, the history of the Candy Cane. Yeah, that's not all that fun. And uh, the Three Trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One becomes like something, and one yeah. becomes something else. And one then becomes one a cross. Becomes a cross. Yeah, yeah, one's a yeah. boat. One's a something else. Manger. Something. It becomes the manger where Jesus is born. Yeah, and, uh, and so yeah, which is uh, it's been very is very historically accurate. <laughs> not <laughs> yes, at all. Not at all. But anyways, so so then we but we'd have these other books. There was this one book. We loved uh, called uh, Hermie, the caterpillar, you know, and uh, Hermie, Hermie, he was a worm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and he had a friend named Wormy, <laughs> Hermie and Wormy. Yeah, and so it rhymed. So the author then, was pretty lazy on that one. I think yeah. I'm just gonna say pretty lazy. <laughs> and then he had a friend who was sick all the time called Jeremy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but but so, so anyways, we're way taking this too long. But they were oh there was the the book I love the book because. Um, because in the midst of it, Hermie was this was this worm who wanted to do more with his life. Right. And then, you know, oh, it was like asking God to do more with his life. And then one day he takes a nap. Yeah. And he wakes up as a butterfly. Yeah. And then his finish was way different than his beginning. And he kind of like he, he bloomed and became this butterfly and so so here we are in the midst of our struggle and we're like trying to hold it together because we're like and then he became a butterfly <laughs> and he trusted god and, and you're like what is wrong with me i'm a grown man almost losing it crying over a worm oh, no. named Hermie. i'm like and so so i think i think you know you know we're, we're talking today about you just trying to finish well right right and then let's be honest uh, so like you obviously had some great roots when you were 
feeding your kids and, and growing your kids. And, and we had books that were not quite as wholesome. We, we did Good Night Moon. <laughs> we did good, my, good Night Moon, too. Which, by the way, is, is got to be the most, um, like, put a nail in my eye and give me a ball-ping hammer and yeah. just let me get after it. Yeah. And so, you know, when my kids were young, I would, I would, you know, I start reading, and I'm the one that starts falling asleep. The kids are all, like, totally engaged, and I'm the one that... <laughs> so I would try to skip pages, like, Good Night Room... Good night, Moon. And they're like, you skipped seven pages. I'm like, God, start over. Oh. Hello, Mouse. Go to bed, Bert. You know, just Bert. all of it. Go to bed, Bert. <laughs> Some random guy living at your house. What is going on today? He's the brother that lives upstairs in the attic that we don't talk about ever. Go to, go to bed, Bert. <laughs> Stop making noise up there, Bert. Oh, God. But anyways, no, we all have those books. And it just reminds me that um, I, we maybe didn't. I let me rephrase that. My wife started very strong with our kids. I did not start so strong with our kids because I, you know, infants. Um, in fact, a hilarious moment. Our first daughter. Um. She was, oh, maybe a month old. And my wife's best friend comes over and goes, Terry, you need to get out of the house. So I'm going to take you out. Travis got this. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> please, no. <laughs> yeah, I got this. Sure, no problem. She's napping. So I'm like, what can, hor- what can possibly go wrong? Well, they literally leave. Five minutes later, my daughter wakes up. And now oh, I gosh. have to figure out how to. So I get a bottle ready. She's not hungry. I change her diaper. She doesn't have. You know, and she just starts crying, and literally for about an hour, hour and a half while they're gone, my daughter just cries, mm. and it is the most frustrating thing because I have no clue how to comfort them, nothing. And so you know, I'm on the shoulder, I'm laying them down, I put them upstairs, I vacuum, whatever, nothing. And then they come home, she's still crying, like red eyes, just, you know, that yeah. infant cry. Yeah. And literally, my my wife's best friend takes her, puts her on her belly like a football, and just pats her back, and within three pats. She's done. She's done crying. Did she burp or something? Or no, what? nothing. And I didn't even know about the putting them on the belly and, and holding them that way. I was brand new, and I, I just I was like, I I'm I'm not starting strong as a dad. <laughs> I am. I if, tried everything. If my kids make it a year, I'll be really surprised. <laughs> you know, and and not because of neglect, just because of utter ignorance. Like, like what I have, do we do with this? Yeah. I have no idea what to do with this at yeah. all. No, I, I think it's funny, but I think we. We, you know, we've been going through the through the Proverbs this last month and really loving what we're going through. And as we're closing out this Proverbs stuff, we're going to finish off today with the Proverbs stuff. I know you were sharing your heart about Solomon. Right. And you caught something, you know, the writer of Proverbs, you caught something about him in his life that I, I'd love you to share today because I think it was really, it's really important. Before we dig into the, into the Proverbs stuff, a little, little history of Solomon and where he was because when, when we were talking about this earlier, we're like, man, that's a really good point. So could you share that with these guys? Yeah, I guess. Um, no, I would love to. So in our small group that we go to, um, we're kind of going through the Bible in a year, and it's been really good yeah. um, to kind of get that meta-narrative. And so I've invested, when I talk about Solomon, I invested in, in kind of some key points. One, when he receives the call from God, um, and he desires wisdom. Two, the book of Proverbs, where he shares that wisdom. And three, the book of Ecclesiastes, which is his kind of honest assessment of like, he goes philosophy like Nietzsche almost, where he's like mm-hmm. meaningless Everything's meaningless. It's dumb. Just don't do it. But he has this kind of honest reflections on the things that he's pursued in life. Well, anyway, so we're reading this. And uh, 1 Kings 
two, um, David, it, it gives a story, the narrative of him kind of passing the kingdom, passing the throne off to Solomon. And this is what he has to say to Solomon. And it, it was fascinating to me. He goes, when the time drew near, this is First uh, Kings 2, 1, he says this, when the time drew near for King David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. And he goes this way, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. He said, so be strong, show yourself a man. And I was just like struck by like David, even though Solomon had this wisdom and even though he was set up in this, David's one cry for his son was this, just be a man. Like, and it wasn't being a man. And and, and he kind of defines, he goes, you want to know what being a man is? He goes, this is what the Lord requires. Being a man is this walk in the Lord's way and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go. And I was like, man, you know, with two boys, masculinity is one of those things that our culture is struggling with. Yeah. And, and, it, and all of a sudden I realized, I just want my boys to be men, men of character, men of yeah, honor, yeah, men yeah. of integrity. Yeah. And, and, and to define that for them is basically to sit down and say, know what the Lord's desire is yeah. and walk in it. Yeah. Just go in it. You know, not what you desire, not what you think God says, but go back to the word of God. Like he says, go back to the book of Moses, figure out what the Lord's desire is, and then freaking walk in it. Yeah. Like, don't play around with don't it. Don't mess around. And so Solomon has the the best setup for success. Yeah. You know, he's got a dad. Yeah. His mom is Bathsheba. And if you know the story of David and Bathsheba, you understand that that was definitely a, a re- defining moment for David and repentance and, and yeah, second chances. Yeah. But here you have King Solomon. He has a good family. He has kingdom. He has riches. He has wealth. He's getting wisdom from God. He is set up for success, not yeah. just starting strong, but finishing strong. Yeah. And as we talked about it last night in our small group, the thing that kept coming to me was he didn't like yeah. he didn't finish strong. Yeah. You know, in fact, in first Kings 11, what it talks about is he had so many wives. He had 700 wives. And 300 concubines. Now, let's be honest. Most of those wives were, were marriages because of political reasons. They mm-hmm. weren't like marriages like you and I would understand a marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was purely like we're committing to each other so our families so that and you don't the invade land. my dad. Correct. Because if, because if my daughter's here, he can't kill me. You know what I'm saying? He won't hurt her, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Right. And uh, one of the things that God had commanded Moses and then Joshua was this. When you go into the promised land, don't marry foreign women. Yeah. Like, just don't do it. And it's not because they're evil. It's because they will turn your heart away from me. Yeah. So what does King Solomon do? He marries all these women. a ton of them. And then at the end of his days, his heart is turned away from Yahweh, the one true God. Yeah. And is given over to these false gods. And I was just struck by this idea of like, here's a guy who's set up to succeed, and yet he didn't finish well. Didn't finish well. And, and how... Um, for me, I, I, I thought somewhere in my life that the things I would struggle with as a kid, yeah, I would be able to eventually outgrow. It would and just happen I, one day. Right. Yeah. I would just outgrow them and they'd never be a struggle. And, and once, you know, I hit my thirties or forties I get this relationship with God dialed in, which is hilarious to even think that I could get it dialed in the process, right? That somehow I would achieve it and it'd just be easy skating till the very end. Yeah. And it's not that way at all. It is an ongoing battle yeah. from beginning to end. Yep. And so, uh, you know, as we read these book of Proverbs and as we, we are challenging with wisdom on how to raise our kids and how to live life better, um, the fact that the one who wrote it 
didn't listen yeah. and didn't follow yeah. and actually finished poorly just to his really own to me. his own words right right you know when when he reads it when you read ecclesiastes and he's like vanity of vanities it's all vanity just the one thing honor god so at the very end of his life it was it was and i'm trying to remember exactly what was in ecclesiastes but his whole idea of just honor god mm-hmm. and bring essentially bring him glory through what you do because everything else doesn't matter he goes i've had everything i've had all kinds of women, all kinds of money. I've had everything that I've ever wanted. I could have parties at any time. Yeah. I did yeah, have yeah. parties that went on for days and for yeah. weeks. And yet at the end of the day, I still was hollow. Yeah. You know? And so I think we, I gained some encouragement in that, if I can be honest yes. with you. Because I feel like so many times we want to point a finger. And that's not, that's not our goal today is just to go see how bad he screwed up. But I think it's more to go, that guy had everything set up for him. And he sought after wisdom and still had points when he when he failed right so so we want to i know that we we've talked about this we we want to finish well right we want you guys to finish well we want we want you ladies to finish well and so this isn't a conversation of here's how we're finishing well no this is no. just a conversation of going we've been walking through these proverbs from solomon's mouth these wisdoms and we're just picking up some things to go, how do we finish well? And then how do we help our kids right. learn to finish well? Well, and I think it's important to remember, it, it, it's not, we become obsessed with how we start the race and we forget it's not how you start the race. It's actually how you finish the race. Correct. You know, and that the race can start today. Yeah. And no one is so far gone. No one is so far beyond the opportunity for this relationship yes. and this race to start with God today. Yeah. You know? God, the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. The connotation is continuously, continuously, and and I think that 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 for us to be able to 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 understand this idea of man, we can just bring it to the Father right now. We can bring it to the Father, and we can say, God, this is this is yours, right? And so I I, I think right now we can start fresh. We can have a time to go time out. We're just going to start fresh. We're going to see that 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 God is is actively pursuing us where we are right now. And so, um, so for me, I hit some Proverbs and I, and I had a couple things in Proverbs that, that jumped out to me, uh, right around Proverbs 25 and 20, 26. Right. About. By the way, if you don't know what the Proverbs well. challenges, if this is your first podcast and you're tagging into it, um, basically what the idea is, is, um, there's 31 Proverbs, uh, chapters of Proverbs, and there's normally 30 or 31 days in the month. And so whatever day of the month it is, that's the proverb you read. And you just kind of sit there and read it. And you can do it month after month after month. Yeah. New things will jump out at you. New ideas will come to you. And so you just spend time listening and kind of sitting at the feet of wisdom yeah. to learn wisdom and how to, how to pour that into someone else. Yeah, so I was reading through uh, Proverbs, and I hit up 25, and at the end of 25 it says... Um, it says, a man without self-control, it's, it's uh, Proverbs 25, verse 28, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And so we start looking through how we can begin to try to finish well. Right. And these are things, even as we're talking, like, God, how can we finish well? Um, self-control is a big one. And when I mean that, it's not just this self-control of, okay, now take the next week and really try hard not to. It's more bringing the issue at hand to the altar of God. That's the self-control. God, I, I, I need your self-control, but I need you to do this through me. This isn't something that it's God's over here and he's waiting for us to have self-control. It's us going, how do we, how, how do we stop and leave this at your feet and then actively continue right. to leave this at your feet? Right. And I think in a lot of ways, what, what he's talking about there 
is um, it's self-reflection. Because I think he's lived seasons of, of lack of self-control. He's lived seasons of, of nothing. And so, um, <laughs> sorry, we have some technical issues we're, we're working through right now. Um, he has some issues of lack of self-control. And because of that, he knows what it is to not have wisdom. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Let it go, man. It's dead. It's all dead. That's the joy of self-control. We still have that, we still have that camera, don't we? Correct. Good. I'm going to try this again. See, this is the joy of you guys getting to walk with us and try well, us trying to have self-control right now. So it's all good. But, yeah, let me allow this. See, you guys get to be a part of what we do in all of our fun. So, I, you know, even as we're thinking about sorry, we, we, we have this deal with um, our idea that, that our that, that self-control is part of, it's part of our walk with the Lord, but it, it's not a matter of, okay, now I've managed to bridle myself. It's, have I left this at the feet of Jesus? And have I examined my heart? You know, this, this broken spirit, I guess, this, this, hu- this humility, I think, is where comes at it from my perspective. Right, right. So, uh, so that, that was the first one. And then, you know, the other one was just this idea of, in, in chapter 26, verse Verse four, it says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. It says in verse 11, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And so it's this idea of, man, like, we need to have a teachable spirit. We need to realize that we don't have this together and that, that we need to walk in humility to go, God, I don't understand this. Or, or God, helping me understand that there's always going to be a time that I don't know everything. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that's something we often struggle with because, um, again, going back to age, I, I'm busy. I don't, I don't know if I have time to learn something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yet we need to have that humble p- spirit of saying, no, I need to learn something new. And sometimes to break the cycle of feeling like we've arrived, we have to engage in a skill or, or something that we've never done before yeah. just to see, oh, like for instance, my wife and I, we're, we're in the process of getting our house gussied up. You yeah. Know? Uh, we've been blessed to have a lot of equity in our house. And so we're, we're taking some of that out and we're going to do tile flooring. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Wow. And so I'm, I'm wrestling with it going, do I pay someone to do this, which could be easy, or do I figure out how to learn the skill of laying tile in the bathroom? And, and be fearful that it may not come out the way you want it to. Right. And be fearful. I may have to pay it for it twice or even <laughs> do it twice and then finally pay a guy to do it right to do it the right. third time. Oh. And, 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 but there's a fear that, that, um, that the older we get, the harder it is to engage in new skills and new disciplines. And yet I think that's important when we come to this idea of we need a teachable spirit, yeah. you know, not just on how to be a better dad, not just how to be a better husband, but just skills. Cause that's how, that's our love language, man. We love to do things. We love to tinker with things. And so figuring yeah. out how to do that is really important. Yeah. 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 I think it is important. I think, so I, so I think I, I look at these two self-control and the teachable spirit. And, and as we are journeying this in our own self-control, and having a teachable spirit, this passes on to our kids because they see so much of what we do that if we can help ourselves go, I don't have this together, saying the words, I don't know in front of my kids may open a door for them to go, I don't have to know everything to right. trust God. I don't have to know everything to be, to, to, to see, because they see that we're doing things. They see that we're, 
that we are we're leading them. I mean, we've managed to be successful enough to create these kids and have a place with a roof over their heads. Right. Even in that, it's like we're able to go. I mean, I don't I don't have everything together. It sets a foundation for them to be honest in front of the father from the very beginning. Right. To have this teachable spirit in front of the father. Well, and I think um, it also you, we will get to the point where um, they will know better than us. Yeah. And and our, do we have the guts and the confidence to go to them and say, you teach me? Yeah. I don't know how to yeah. do that. You teach me how to do that. Like, I would love to learn that, you yeah. know, and have your kids teach you how to do some stuff I think is absolutely huge. And I think, you know, comparing and contrasting Solomon, King Solomon with all the wisdom and King David, his father right before him, the thing that struck me was King David had um, two named like band of brothers guys, Jonathan, his best friend. Yeah. And then he had Nathan, who was mm-hmm. a priest or a pastor that knew him and invested in him. Solomon is silent on those guys. Yeah, you're right. There's nobody. There, there's no one that's mentioned in scripture that is like Solomon's best friend or Solomon's trusted yeah. advisor. And I think what happened was, you know, again, self-reflection from that Proverbs. When you have ultimate wisdom, you know what you stop doing? Seeking others. Seeking others. Because yeah. you know the answers. Yeah. You know what to do. And so he, in his own pride and arrogance, unintentionally isolated himself from guys that would be able to speak into his life and say, hey, Solomon, I, I know you, you think 700 wives is a good thing because, you know, whatever. It's a really bad idea. And yeah. and don't forget, your dad told you to invest in the story of Moses and what Moses said. Maybe you need to go back and read some of that again, you know, but he didn't have, he may have had it. It's not mentioned in scripture, but there's an assumption that, you know, his, his teachable spirit was tempered because he didn't have some guys around him that would speak harsh words, challenging words to him. And I I think that's a lesson for us too. Yeah, that's big. You know, I, I love that you brought up the whole idea of Jonathan and, and David and Nathan and Someone told me yesterday, I love this idea, but they, they said that every time that we look at relationships, um, we've seemed to sexualize every relationship, and, and our society's done that, and, and it was a good point that this guy brought up yesterday when I was having, having coffee with him, and it made me realize even the same thing with Jonathan and David is we, we put this wall up now with guys, and we're like, man, I care about this guy. Like, what, what's, what's wrong with you? You think you're just like in love with him? And I think we, we immediately put up a, a false front of, well, I don't really need that then if that's what it is. Right. If the absolute is when I care about someone that I must, I must want a, the, you know, a sexual relationship with them, that has nothing to do with this. Jonathan and David were like brothers in arms. I, I, right. keep, I, I, don't, I don't think about that, that, that sexual side. I think about 300 and how those guys were willing to be arm in arm with each other and die for each other. And that's the kind of relationship that we're hoping and desiring you would have and right. find right. so that you could have a teachable spirit with someone. And so that they go, no, I know you right. like I've I, you know, I I've seen your ups and downs. I've seen your weakness. So I know that you're not perfect. Right. Right. And so as we wrap up the conversation, we want to be men. First and foremost, we want to be men that finish strong. Like, yes, I, I want my, be- my my best breath to be my last breath. Yes. And I think that's something we want to press into you or invite you to. And I think what we've talked about is maybe a changing behavior mm-hmm. can can stir on a teachable spirit. You know, yep. learning a new trade, learning a new skill, learning something else. I think the other part is sometimes changing our location. Um, and so, for instance, uh, I'm going to throw this out. If you listen to this podcast, be praying for Bill. Um, you know he's messed up if you listen to the podcast. No, <laughs> he's uh, he's going on a mission trip. Yeah. And uh, he, he's using a skill set that he's very familiar with speaking. 
Mm-hmm. He's been invited to speak, but he's speaking to, um, and I can't give too many details, but he's yeah. giving, speaking to some missionaries that if the government that they belong to knew that they were missionaries, they would be killed. Yeah, is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, that's fair to say. And so you're, you're speaking into them, and the challenge is the location is obnoxious, where you're going to do this. It is not a safe location for you to go do this. Correct. And I've seen you and your spirit wrestle with God in ways that you haven't before, because you're realizing, I'm stepping out on the edge. Yeah. And at the edge, there's nothing I can trust in except for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's the, he's teaching you something there. Yeah. And I think that's another important part is... Um, if we find ourselves falling into complacency and being comfortable and not learning something new, don't be surprised if God challenges you to go someplace completely unexpected so that you can only rely on him and you're reminded, oh, wait, 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 my God's a big God and he's got me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we need to bring ourselves into, in my, my other pastor in, in Midland used to say, we need, we need to bring ourselves into a place where if God doesn't show up, we're screwed. Yeah. Sorry if, they, if that offends some people, but that's just the reality of where we are. Like, wow, if, if God doesn't show up, we're going to be drowning. Right. And so I, I believe when we see things like Peter and Jesus asking Peter to walk out on the water, he was like, just come out. And anybody was welcome to go. Right. And so, but but he had to take the step to do it. Um, when Jonathan said, I'm going to try and face the Philistines and, and destroy them. Like, I believe those were supposed to be more of the normal like, let's try and do something. But it's it's a lot easier to do that when you've got someone in there with you. Yes. Like Peter had Jesus. Right. Hey, I got you. Jonathan had his armor bearer. Right. You know, da- David even knew that, 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 that he had this entire army behind his back, but he knew that God was bigger when he faced Goliath and said, Right. God's got this. Right. So I believe that if we can have a teachable spirit, we can learn to have self-control. This, these aren't like 10 steps to a better you, but these are going how, self-controls. And how do I leave this in front of someone's feet? How do I leave this in the feet of the Father? Right. And leave it there and then let our kids watch us do that. And we begin to teach them an element of this is who I need. I need to have a teachable spirit. I need to find someone that I can rely on, even at a young age, to find somebody that I can do life with. Right. That'll challenge me in my walk with the Lord. So anyways, gentlemen, we thank you for listening. Wives, if you're out there listening too, it's okay. Uh, we won't hold it against you. Um, we're still working on trying to find some ladies to, to maybe do a, a, a known legacy mom's podcast. Yes, a mom cast. Uh, yeah. And... Again, if you know our wives, text them, challenge them, encourage them to uh, saddle up at the uh, microphone and let's have some honest conversations about how to pursue and love the wife. Yes. That God has blessed you with. Yes. Have a great day, guys. God We're bless you guys. You. Take care. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.